the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The executive behind Amazon's massive warehouse fulfillment operation has moved up to vertical farming. I think we're going to hear more and more about vertical farming as life goes on. In the first hour, I looked at some of the technologies of 2018, back when it was 2017, and one of the things that jumped out at me was tied towards Amazon. And I, I'm not going to say I correctly called it, that they were going to get into the healthcare business, but... I think they did with uh, their recent purchase, and I think they did accomplish what a lot of people wanted them to accomplish, and that would be something along the lines of getting licensed to deliver drugs. Now, we don't know much more about it, do we? We don't. But we know that at some point in time, they can offer us home delivery of our pharmaceuticals. We also know Amazon Prime Day, which is a made-up holiday. It's going to be bigger this year than Black Friday. It's coming July 16th. I'm stunned at people who buy anything at full price in this day and age. I feel like all you have to do is, if you're going to buy furniture, is go to Pottery Barn and sign up for their email. And a couple days later, you're going to have 10 to 15 emails that say something like 50% off. So why not wait till July 16th, which is basically Black Friday in July. It's a holiday six months before Christmas. It uses heavy discounts to, get, to woo us. Or if you don't want to wait for Amazon Prime, maybe you buy something on a July 4th holiday sale. Like, for instance, a lot of people like to barbecue meat on the 4th of July. I don't think you have to make your decision to run out and buy a barbecue on July 5th after the sale's over. I think you can probably say, I should buy this when there's a Memorial Day or a Labor Day, a beginning of summer, a highlight of summer, July 4th. End of summer kind of holiday going on. Because when Amazon does their Prime Day, guess what? Everyone else does too. Best Buy is like, well, we don't want everyone to get their one Apple TV now without using us as a source of purchase. So we'll have a sale too. We'll get rid of some inventory before the transition to the fall phones, the back-to-school phones, the back-to-school backpacks. Man, what type of backpack do you get your kid? How much do you love them? Do you get them one with a USB charger built into it? Or do you get them one with, like, a bulletproof backpack? Hmm. Hmm. How do I love my kid? Hmm. How many shootings were in the school district? Hmm. So Prime delivers such a massive scale and features that if you were to look at the value of Prime per year, some people think it's worth $800, and they only charge you 100 plus. So do I like Amazon Prime? I do. Am I part of the Kool-Aid drinking club of Amazon? Kind of. It's so funny. There's people who are car guys, and there's people who are not car guys. And I'll be honest with you. If I get a chance to race around a Daytona 500 track with a Daytona IndyCar, 
I would do it once, but after I've done it once, I would never do it again. Like, just not that interested, right? So we got that out there. Taylor Swift. Who doesn't love Taylor Swift? Shake it off. Shake it off. And now she has a new song out, which is just despicable. No, it's called Despicable, I think. Um, But she's a real estate mogul. She owns $84 million of real estate in different states from California to New York. She recently purchased a condo in Tribeca, her third property, on the same block. So Taylor Swift is buying blocks. 28 years old. She's worth $280 million. She's parked about $84 million of it in real estate. From everything that I can see, business-wise, her dad's taking pretty good care of her as a manager and such. She owns a 10,000-square-foot place in Beverly Hills worth $29 million. In New York, she has a penthouse worth $20.5 million. Uh, something tells me that, like, in life... If I'm going to get reborn, hopefully not as a cow, but if I get reborn, hopefully it's as the guy who falls in love with Taylor Swift and actually keeps her. Can you imagine being married to a pop star worth $280 million? She has a 3,000 square foot apartment in Nashville. She has an estate in Nashville that's 5,600 square feet. Play, 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 play. It's interesting. The place in Beverly Hills has 10 bathrooms. I kind of wonder at some point in time, the real estate agent tells you, hey, Taylor Swift used to play own this place. Yeah. And did I mention that it has 10 bathrooms? Well, now you're talking. In case you have like uh, like the traumatic situation where you can't decide where you want to poop. Or pee. Ten bathrooms? Yeah. That's a lot of cleaning, so a lot of greenery, a lot of mountains. It's out there. Here's a new uh if you don't want to date Taylor Swift or be Taylor Swift, maybe you want to rent a place where she's at. Rents as a percentage of income are at a historic high of twenty nine point one percent. Renters spent a record amount of money on housing in 2017, paying $485 billion to landlords. A lot of Americans are struggling to afford housing. One of the most expensive cities in the country, San Francisco, the average monthly rent is $4,060. Wow. That's in Mission Bay. In Hayes Valley, the city's most affordable neighborhood, the average rent's $2,700. Hmm. Which neighborhood would I want to live in? Or can I just talk my friend Taylor and say, hey, can I live in your guest house? I like the idea. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Let's chat. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I officially want to go on record saying that I hate the culture we live in when we refer to each other as bro. Bro, bra. Bro, bra. bra. No, bro. God.
God! Can't handle it, Steve Carroll. Uh, I'm throwing down that he wins an Academy Award this year. Just saying. 2019-2018 is his year. I don't even know what that means. And the Oscar goes to... Black. Me. Black. You ever wonder what you would say if you won an Academy Award? Uh, I do. My neighbor ever goes on a killing spree or they find dead bodies in his backyard, I'm going to be like, I knew it. I knew it. He was a weirdo. And I'm not going to be the guy who's like, he was so quiet and to himself. He was such a nice guy. I didn't think he'd cause trouble. No, 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 no. I knew it. So Golden State goes out and signs a guy named DeMarcus Cousins. He's reached a one-year, $5.3 million deal to join the NBA champion Golden State Warriors. His nickname is Boogie. Okay, let's start with that. Um, first time someone says, I'm going to call you Boogie. I'm like, no, that's not going to stick. Okay, Boogie, whatever, Boogie. No, that's not going to stick. Might as well try Booger because Boogie's not going to stick. Okay, Boogie, whatever, Boogie. Oh, man, it's stuck. So Cousins had the unfortunate four or five-time All-Star, something like that. He had the unfortunate issue of becoming essentially disabled, right? He had a injury. Um... Torn Achilles. I know. I know you're thinking, when I think Achilles, I think of Brad Pitt in the movie Troy. Please try to forget that movie. Please try to forget that movie. I think Brad Pitt's bought every copy that he can buy and try, has tried to destroy it. But, yeah, so they add this guy who was disabled, right? It goes to show you that how long do people play professional sports? Not terribly long. Do you feel weird that he got a $5.3 million deal when... Probably a year ago, he could have got a $25 million deal per year. I might be making this up. I don't know everything that I'm supposed to know about NBA salary caps and such. But, yeah, how, how are you and your ability to earn income? How are you and your ability to pay your bills? If, you, if I were to tell you that you're only going to work for three to seven years, which is probably the average length of an NBA career, right? NFL, it's just over three years. It's not very long. So $5.3 million this year. Keep in mind, if you make $100,000 a year, it's going to take you 40 years to make $4 million. So he's going to make basically $100,000 a year for the next 50 years, right? $5.3 million. Now, something tells me that he's going to go out and maybe get a car. Something tells me he's going to go out and get depreciating assets, maybe like a boat. But uh, I don't know. LeBron James moved to Los Angeles, and uh, I don't know. Who's the biggest loser there? L.A.? No. Probably Lonzo Ball, right? You think you think LeBron James is going to put up with Lonzo Ball's dad, LeVar Ball, like for more than a minute? I don't think so. So that's going to be interesting to watch as that unfolds. Uh, but again, I go back to the idea of getting injured in Boogie. Having a nickname like Boogie. The idea of getting injured and losing your ability to earn income is why you have disability insurance. And you should take a look at it. A couple years ago, I got a packet from Aflac. Remember that duck that goes, Aflac! And I remember Gilbert Gottfried did the voice, and he told the greatest joke ever once when he talked about Hogan's hero being a comedy. Like, what television executive had the cojones to pitch a Nazi prison camp 
as a comedy. Um, but anyway, so Gilbert Gottfried sent me a package from Aflac once. And I was like, what is this? And it, it was supplemental insurance. It was insurance on top of insurance. So like if you had needed tooth insurance because your health care doesn't cover it or... You need insurance in case you have big health care spending or you want to try to save money in health care. So Affleck, that's one of those things that you almost have to say, I'm going to read that HR paperwork. Have you ever read the HR paperwork? First and foremost, I like HR. For me, it's always like, I'm going to go talk to HR. And everyone's like, what? What are you upset about? I'm like, nothing. I just, I like HR. I like different branches of the company. And since I'm in quote unquote talent side, Talking about money and being on air, whether it be radio or television, kind of a big deal. People know me. I've got many fine leather books that smell of rich mahogany. Um, yeah, so I like going to HR. You should take a look at your HR benefits. And typically, you can get it like this. You get HR and go, don't say the state HR because you'll get in trouble. Don't say, hey, baby, I love you, baby. Can I get a copy of those HR benefits? I'm don't say it like important. that. Hey, baby, baby, I love you, baby. Um, don't you have a wife and I have a husband? Why are you talking about loving me? I love you, Berber. Can I see your HR benefit statement? So, yes, HR typically has a benefit statement that you should read. Home prices make the biggest jump in four years. Home prices jumped 7.1% annually. (laughs) Those who have and those who do not have. Those who have are Homer Simpson. Woohoo! Those who do not have are, whoa, wah. Not happy. If mortgage rates were to rise further, fewer homeowners will want to move. The supply of homes for sale has been dropping on an annual basis for the past 36 months. Home prices jumped 7.1% annually. 50% of all existing homeowners have a mortgage with a mortgage rate of 3.75% or less. Holy shnikes, is that right? Now that mortgages are at 4.6%, you're going to find that people don't really like that. One percentage point higher than 3.75% would be 24% more burdensome. It's exponential, ladies and gentlemen. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Hopefully you're having a happy July 4th holiday weekend, where you've turned it into a week off like many in Wall Street do, and volumes turned it into just dryness, as there's just not a lot going on during the summertime months as far as action goes. Sometimes, and this feels like one of those years, joining us now to talk a little bit more about that, Patrick O'Hare. With briefing.com. It's a website that I've been using for 20 years. It's business professional. Um, it starts with looks in international and domestic markets. It hits research, it hits earnings, it hits IPOs, it hits Patrick O'Hare and his market expert insights into the market. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing, doing just fine. Thanks. No big plans for 4th of July for you or for me, it sounds like. Somebody's got to get the job done, right? So uh, it's up to you and me <laughs> to pull us through here. I don't know about that. Um, I'm kind of sensing the market's not going anywhere fast. Um, what do you expect from the markets during the summertime months as we move into the back half of the election year 
and um, you know earnings and, and situations along those lines. What are we looking at this summer? Well, I think yeah, I think you you know, alluded to it um, at the top of the interview here is is just that you know, generally summer months are you know filled with you know plenty of vacations and thinned out trading desks, and so you don't oftentimes see a whole lot of. Uh, uh, concerted movement, you know, in the major indices is you run through what is typically referred to as the summer doldrums, and so you kind of get a period of choppiness there uh, through the main summer months. And I think that you're probably likely to see uh, something along those lines, um, but would suggest that, you know, maybe the risk, if there is going to be one, would be skewed to the downside and not to the upside through the summer. Um, um, but I, I think part of that uh, is wrapped up in in uh, something that I talked about in my big picture column on uh, last week was the potential that uh, perhaps you see an emerging mar- market currency crisis unfold here in, uh, in the coming months if the, the current currency trends persist and you see continued strengthening in the dollar. So I see that as a as a risk factor um, in a uh, oftentimes complacent summer period. Uh, but absent something of that nature, uh, you're probably going to see you know, a trend in the market that's been consistent with what we have seen throughout the year, which is a range-bound market uh, that looks fickle. And uh, there's periods where you're feeling good and periods where you're not feeling great. And at the end of the day, you just kind of head sideways. <laughs> Sounds about right. Now, I turned on the news this morning, and I see trade tariffs, and I saw auto sales doing pretty well in the United States, but the headline underneath the auto sales is, will we pay an extra $5,000 for a car due to tariffs? How worried are you with all the headlines and all the, the press that's being dedicated to Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, and his tariff trade wars? I saw something today. China's asking the EU to team up against the United States. And I'm like, whoa, that sounds serious. I don't know if it is, but it sounds serious as far as uh, workarounds on on trade arrangements. Well, it is interesting that you mentioned that, you know, because you you do have a kind of a headline every day that suggests that um, things aren't necessarily going so great as it relates to trade matters. Uh, Yet at the same time, there's anyone who talks about it uh, tends to qualify it as, but we don't expect a full-fledged trade war to break out, right? Um, and so the way that I view that is that uh, that there is, you know, some complacency in the thought that you won't get a full-fledged trade war breaking out, but you certainly have a lot of, um, you know, headline risk in that because you do have some uh, some digging in, if you will, on the part of uh, former, well, current trade partners who are not just going to sit idly by and let the United States impose tariffs without any type of retaliation. And so, you know, we've seen Canada uh, respond here, uh, the EU respond, China set to respond if, if we go ahead with the, you know, our tariffs on July 6 on their imported goods. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as you mentioned, though, the, the probably the biggest risk to sort of um, blow things up a little bit more as it relates to the trade issue, would be if the United States does go ahead and follow through with the threatened tariffs on uh, imported autos from the EU. Uh, and I think that would certainly dial things up a notch and uh, I think would lead to certainly some residual concerns about 
uh, earnings prospects and economic growth slowing down and, of course, uh, earnings expectations not living up to the high expectations that are now in place. High expectations, great expectations. Um, They seem to be a bit of a problem for Wall Street sometimes. It kind of creates a wall of worry. Can earnings grow? Can we get through the Trump tariffs? Can we get through an election season? Let's see what the populist vote is and or not. are the wall is the wall of worry too big for you at this point in time? Are you a little more cash or business as usual as an investor? What would you tell uh, maybe a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law? You know, someone who's not quite doing it every single day. Yeah, well, I think you know, uh, no one person is really you know smart enough to figure out the the market, uh, and I think oftentimes you have to sort of rely on the collective wisdom of the market here. And and yes, you've got great earnings growth going on right now, and great earnings growth projected for all of this year. Uh, and yet, you have a market that kind of is just you know dragging its feet and not going anywhere. And and I think that you know it does reflect that concern that uh, we're at the tail end of things. You know, we're, we're, if we're not at a peak, we're maybe close to a peak in terms of the earnings growth cycle. Um, you know, there's concerns about, uh, you know, economic growth, uh, you know, hitting a peak here in the near term here after we get a really strong Q2 GDP number. And so you don't have a market that is willing to, uh, that collectively is as willing to pay up for earnings right now uh, because it's concerned that, uh um, that I think earnings would be at risk based on, you know, interest rates going up uh, under the guidance of the Federal Reserve. And uh, so it has to take that into account. And I think it's there's a lot of unsettled issues, obviously, out there as it pertains to trade, um, economic growth patterns around the world, uh, as well as, uh, you know, our own interest rate policy here in the United States. And so there's not a lot of conviction on the buy side at the moment. And, and in terms of also reading the tea leaves in a way, uh, you know, a lot of people would say that well, the yield curve is getting very flat, and that's portending most likely a, a slowdown, if not a recession. Um, but there's some outside influences that are, I think, that are also influencing that flattening, you know, namely the interest rate differential trade uh, as foreign investors seek higher returns here in the United States. But, you know, that aside, you also have uh, the underperformance of the Dow Jones Transportation Average this year uh, and a weak showing from copper prices. Um, You're starting to see semiconductor stocks, you know, roll over. And, you know, these are leading indicators uh, which uh, don't necessarily coincide with that uh, that view that you're going to see uh, uh, sustained pickup in economic growth. I mean, the behavior of those uh, instruments is suggesting that we're more likely to see a slowdown and perhaps uh, earnings growth estimates start to come down as well <clears throat> as economic growth slows. So it's a really interesting dynamic right now because you do have great earnings growth providing underlying support, but you still don't have a market that's willing to inflect higher uh, despite that. <laughs> Interesting times for sure. Um, one of the trends I would say I've seen, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. Like here's where I, I have some flaws. One of the trends I've seen in the last few years is a lot of people are getting elected on populist votes, i.e., we will give you more for less, no more taxes, better health care, no more taxes, better retirement. Um, how do you feel that? What, what do you feel when you see? I want to say the the world 
political leaders are turning more populist and, and less mm-hmm. business friendly, per se. I'm not going to say business friendly, but I don't know. The world political agenda. Um, what's it mean to you at this point in time, Mr. O'Hare? Well, you know, I think it's, it's worrisome from a financing perspective, really. Um, you know, everything okay. sounds good on paper. Uh, it's, you know, ideally, you know, we could provide, you know, free health care for everyone, free college tuition for everyone, you know, um, and, and things of that nature. Um, but you got to pay for it somehow, right? And, uh, and you run into problems as, you know, say, country like Greece found out in a big way uh, that when you, you know, overspend, overpromise, uh, you run into some real fiscal issues that ultimately do more damage uh, uh, than one might think um, when some of these populist measures are, are being presented. So you have to really strike a very good balance there in making sure you can address matters of income inequality um, and, and trying to get uh, people, you know, migrating upwardly from a you know social cultural and you know monetary standpoint and so um so it's an important consideration obviously but uh you know you gotta you gotta pay for things in the end as well (laughs) i hear that sound like my dad all of a sudden uh with that being said mr hare have a great fourth thank you so much thank you briefing thrilled 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 to continue to working with you as we do Have a good fourth. Um, You can find briefing at briefing.com. Wonderful, wonderful information on the stock market. It'll start your day kind of right because it's not shocking. It's not upsetting. It's just the facts, ma'am, so to speak. Um, Fickle explanations for a fickle market. Kind of, right? You can find briefing at briefing.com with Mr. O'Hare. Pass the word. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. How should you tap money? You need cash, right? Home equity line of credit or 401k loan, which is better than the other? Or how about a loan subsidized by the government? Or how about a loan by Rob Black? Rob Black. Americans have been increasing the amounts of debt that they're willing to take on. About 80% of American households now hold some form of debt. Less than half or 46% reported making more than they spend in a report. Less than half, 46% of people reported making more than they spend. When you're short on cash, not all types of borrowing are created equal. So sometimes you may make Fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you want to spend sixty thousand or one hundred ten thousand. Credit cards are one of the most common ways of spending, of borrowing money. The problem is there's a high interest rate charge tied towards them. Currently, credit card rates are at record highs. Seventeen percent is the average. The average American has sixty three hundred and seventy five dollars of credit card debt. That's up three percent year over year. <sighs> Just saying that makes me stressed. Home equity line. So you need cash? Go to a credit card? No. One of the most common ways of getting cash is for some people to tap your home equity line of credit. Cash out refinance. That's when you refinance your mortgage and take out a bigger mortgage or home equity loan. Average interest on home equity loans is 5 or 6% roughly. 
Now, there's a tax law, though, that says the money must be used to improve your home. Otherwise, the interest isn't tax deductible. There's some issues there. How about a personal loan? Need cash? Get a personal loan. Uh, you're not borrowing against your house. You're not borrowing against a credit card. You probably have to have something to, sh- to put up as collateral. Personal loans typically last one to five years versus a home equity, which is could be 10, 15. Personal loans are well-suited for smaller loan amounts. So generally anything up to $35,000. And personal loans, a lot of people tend to use them as a way of not getting credit card debt. But again, we have this fascination in the United States of more debt, more debt. So is there a right way to take on debt? Well, I think the biggest thing about taking on debt is that you don't keep doing it forever and ever. And that whatever got you into debt, you know, whether it be a medical expense or a life event, whether it be college, moving, I get it. Car breaking down. Maybe that year where you're like, I'm going to get everyone a Christmas present. And then you decide that was a bad idea. There's a significant downside to borrowing against, basically, I'd say the market. But, like, I know people that take out home, that take out 401k loans. And I'm like, don't take out a 401k loan. If you lose that employer, by choice or otherwise, your balance is due in 90 days, which a lot of people just aren't ready for. You can get hit with big fees. A lot of people don't realize that, like, that sucks. But you're allowed to borrow up to 50% of your account balance with a maximum of $50,000. Although I think of the 401k is completely off limits. Some people see it as a bank account. I see it as a retirement account. Some people see it as a bank account. I see it as a retirement account. Now, if you were to say, Robert, I, I want to, I wanna, like, get all my debts in one place. I want to, like, consolidate my debts. I'm not against that. I'm against 401k loans. But I, if I take out a 401k loan... I can pay off all my debt. I can consolidate it and take on 401k debt. I'm like, but I'm against 401k borrowing. And yet people will talk to me until they're blue in the face. Speaking of blue in the face, do not, do not inhale gas fumes for long periods of times. And now you know. That's right. That's my PSA. That's my PSA message of the day. Me and Mr. T. Fourth of July gas prices are going to hit their highest mark since 2014, and you may want to snort it, sniff it, inhale it, live by it, but gasoline fumes are not good for you. Now, you hear that Fourth of July gas is at its four-year high. You have to go back way, way, way back to 2014 when you were just a wee child in your mother's womb. To have gasoline prices this high. No, that's not quite right. It's 40 years ago, right? Now, it's going to be about an extra billion dollars in gas that the United States spends over the four-day travel period. Even with high gas prices, most motors aren't likely to curtail the travel because it's not high enough. We only curb our, our driving when gas hits above four bucks. In 2008, 2008, now that's a while ago, gasoline hit 409 in the United States on average. Hawaii obviously stinks. $3.90 to get gas there. Not powered by lava. And South Carolina's got the cheapest gas. $2.52 in the nation. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.